I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Today, my guest is Wes Hall. He does the pre- and post-game show for the Wizards on NBC Sports. And, and I appreciate you giving me some time today, Wes. How are you? I'm well, brother. I'm glad to be here, man. It's been a crazy uh, few days here in the nation's capital, man. So that is one of the craziest man. endings to a game I've seen in a while. Yeah, we needed that. We needed that one big, man. It was perfect because I was just telling somebody earlier, I was like, you couldn't have asked for a better snow day game than to have, you know, everybody at home on a Sunday night, not much going on, snow, and you get that kind of game. I think that was that was one. That was a big one. Uh, Wes, it's incredible. They've got four wins now, two of them against the Nets. Does that say more about what we're hoping that the Wizards can become or more about the struggles that the Nets are looking to have? Uh, it's a little bit of both because on, on the net side, they don't play defense. And so, you know, when you when you kind of are at the top of the mountain because you have so much scoring power, you know, you can overlook teams every once in a while. And, they, you know, they tried to overlook Atlanta. They, they gave Atlanta work. But when you overlook certain teams, they can kind of catch a slip. And as far as the Wizards, when we beat them the first time, that was a different iteration of the team. Russ wasn't at 100%. Thomas Bryant went off for 21 and 14 boards. So we saw a different side of us then. Now, Russ is like pretty much 90, 95%. Brad's a consistent 25 to 30 points as soon as he literally opens his eyes in the morning. Um, but it, now it, we really are starting to move into seeing what this Wizards team, as it's constructed, after dealing with all the COVID protocol, 13 days off, six guys being out of the rotation. I mean, the list goes on and on. January was brutal to the Wizards. But now... We've got a couple good games under our belt. So hopefully this is a tale of the tide that's in the future. And uh, hopefully we can keep this momentum going into Tuesday against Portland. Oof. Yeah, we need that momentum. The schedule doesn't get any easier. I took a brief look at it earlier, and uh, it's brutal. Uh, got- you know, it's interesting. Scott, had, Coach Brooks had mentioned last week about the time off from COVID and how much it really kind of hurt him. And I think in the moment, maybe it didn't get paid enough attention to that they really were missing that time together yeah. not just the time together but guys weren't in shape were you surprised at the lack of shape that some of the guys showed up to um he said in the post game that times you know, right he was not been in shape yeah so like Bertons in the offseason due to COVID and everything he didn't really have access to like playing games just going out to a gym find five guys just get some good run in Brad has a uh, you know gym and everything in his house so you know he, he can do certain things but there's it's absolutely known that there's you can't replicate game speed so you try to do it as much as you can and it's difficult to do it when you can't be in the room with people and you can't just go play a pickup game like it's something that hurts so Berton's finding his legs right now um coach Brooks did say in the post game of last game that some of the guys that were off doing curve protocol these past six guys six six guys that were off recently um that you know that they were in condition on their own but again, game speed is so different. And, you know, it's just a matter of you got to get the minutes. You can't cheat them. You got to run your laps. You got to do your back and forth. You got to get your shots up. So hopefully everybody's getting back in full game condition because you're right. The schedule, <laughs> the schedule ahead. Yeah. And then we added some games back in like the Portland's an add in game. 
Uh, we've got Charlotte. They're, they're added back in on the uh, seventh as well. So we've got extra back-to-backs that are coming up on the schedule that we really got to be focused on. Yeah, it's not just the, uh, the talent of the team that they'll face, but to your point, I mean, they're going six days a week now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a foreseeable got- future. This week alone, we've got back-to-back with Portland tomorrow, then to Miami on the very next day on Wednesday, then Miami on Friday as well. Uh, we'll take that Saturday off. Sunday's against Charlotte. So I think I think Scott said something about – I forget the number that he used for how many games are in a certain window of time. But long story short, it's unprecedented. I, I, you hear me talk about it on pregame. I get tired of that word, unprecedented. But it really is, and we're all just learning on the fly, kind of adapting as we go and uh, trying to do our best as we do it. What's, what did I get wrong about Troy Brown? I mean, I really thought that he had a great summer. I thought he showed fairly well in the bubble. Uh, he's a healthy scratch now, right? I mean, he just can't find his way on the floor. What's, what, what's going on there? Because I, I really thought he was going to make something this season. Troy, I'm trying to find the word that I would use. Uh, Troy is a conundrum. And, that, and I mean that in a compliment. Because he has skills that jump in different buckets. So ball handling skills, court vision like a point guard. Size and physical build of a three. So it makes it really interesting to find out. It's kind of like, um, you know what do they say about being a jack of all trades and king of none? Well, Troy is unfortunately in that department right now where he's a jack of a few different trades, but the Wizards roster has kings in those departments. So when you look at the point guards, you got Russ-ish. Neto, those are your three points. When you look at threes, you got Denny Evdia. Um, Isak Bonga, for certain purposes, goes in at a three above Troy. So it just, it's all about rotation, matchups, and sometimes it's, it's hard to find minutes for him on the court. And then when you look at Garrison Matthews, who typically would now go in as a three as well, um, he's scrappy as all get out. Like They're going to have to pay up for him, right? Say it again? They're going to have to pay up for Matthew. Oh, man, look, he, he's about to be one of those uh, hidden secrets here in a bit. He'd be like, oh, we love Garrison. Let's put him away so nobody can do that. Because he, he, I love his fire. Garrison has an energy, and we saw it in that last minute of the uh, last couple minutes of the game last night. He just, he doesn't back down. His mentality is, is actually more of a veteran than a lot of people would probably give him credit for because he doesn't get moved and swayed by any external noise. He does not like to lose, extremely competitive, but he's not a, a chatterbug about it. He just wants to go out and he'll compete every trip up and down the court. And that's something that a team can use as an asset. Wes, what do you think the franchise thinks they got with the with Denny Abdia this year? Massive. Hoping potential. that the ceiling is for him. Massive potential is what they think because he, like Garrison, uh, young professional, comes over from Tel Aviv, plays in a great competitive league over there. And when you're young and you play, excuse me, not you, I breathe. I don't breathe when I talk. Something weird. It's like I'm on air all day long and people are like, you need to breathe. I don't breathe. Sorry. Um, but with, with Denny, mature beyond his years, extremely competitive, malleable. He wants to be molded. He wants to be coached. He listens to Russ a lot. Last time he was on the court before the shutdown for uh, COVID, you could see every time up and down the court that Russ wasn't on the court in that time. Denny would look back over like for affirmation or for notes and Russ was coaching him up. That's the kind of guy you want to have on your team. Plus he's deceptively tall on TV. 
you know, around a bunch of six, nine, six, ten guys, you know, seven footers, everybody kind of looks average. But when you're standing face to face with him, you're like, wow, he's a little bit taller than I thought he was. Right. And I think that that's going to bode well for him. I just love his competitive nature. He didn't really have the best game last game, but hey, first game back after forever being off. So, you know, I'll give him a pass for that one. Um, you know, I was thinking it's too early. We won't rate the trade, but Russ, we have, there hasn't been a guy maybe in all of DC sports that really is what Russell is. What have you noticed from him that stands out from, you know, a, a room in a, in a, in a town that's been, that has had a lot of guys that have been very good. Russ brings a different energy in that, right? Yeah, no, he, Russ brings the never back down, uh, Chris Miller calls him angry man <laughs> mentality. But it's true. Like on the court, he is extremely competitive. And if you're a DC sports fan in any sport, isn't that what you want? You, you want the guys who are the premier players on your team to take everything personal. You want them to be chippy. You want them to be aggressive. You want them to, to take responsibility when things don't go well. And you want them to defer and, and spread the love when things do go well. So I absolutely love what Russell Westbrook brings to this team just because of that fire is necessary. I don't like complacent players. I don't like guys who are like, oh, man, we're losing. Well, we'll get them next time. No, I want the dude that's like, we're down 18. Either we're going to come back or they're limping out of here. One of the two things is going to happen. So I love that. As far as him off the court, you can't ask for a better guy. You really can't. You, you can't ask for someone who is really in tune with the community and, and knows what his value is in relation to it and is willing to like really pour into that. It's not just lip service for him. He really does mean that he cares about the community and his whole why not campaign is just something that really supports and, and vocalizes what he means. Is, uh, is Mo Wagner the backup center now? Are they going to start playing a smaller ball with him at the five? It depends on the matchup. It really does. Um, if there's a night where, you know, a team wants to run small ball, kind of like Houston wants to do, then you might see less of Mo. If you can get a big situation where Brooklyn had DeAndre Jordan, like that's a big dude. I mean, he, he doesn't run like he did in his Clippers years, but he's still a big force in the paint. And we've got, you know, Robin is going to be like our, our starter right now because obviously Thomas Bryant's gone for the year. Alex Lynn gives us good moments, but Mo brings that kind of um, pestering presence. <laughs> he reminds me a lot of Dennis Robin in the sense where it's just like, you know, he's going to get under your skin. You know, he's going to make somebody mad. <laughs> That's just what he does. But like you saw last night, he also has the ability to focus that energy and doing something positive and, you know, and, and getting – you know, some points on the board, dunking on some people, being aggressive. He usually likes to take charges. He wasn't in that mood last night. Last night it was about dunking on people and staying fired up. Who's tasked That's with getting the team to play defense? I mean, is there is there a defensive coordinator on the bench that is tasked with that job, or or who who takes the the role? They are that? there is, but the crazy part about it, and I was. Texting some somebody tweeted me last night. He's like, uh, "You guys gave up 146 points. You can take the win, but you know, like, you can't win games if you keep doing that." And I'm like, "Have you not been paying attention to the NBA? <laughs> points first. Defense That's is somewhere true. down the list, uh, and and it's really just emblematic of how the whole league is. It's not just the Wizards who struggle in defense. Hey, Brooklyn's terrible in defense. Hello, we just beat them. Um, so, with that being said, there is someone tasked." But it's just part of the way that the game goes now. Certain guys take defense personal. 
other guys don't. And that's not even a Wizards problem. That's just across the league. I'm old school. I'm a fan of, you know, the Detroit Pistons version of defense back in the day. The old uh, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale version of defense. Like, if you come in the paint, you're going to leave with a little memory token. And, you know, and we'll, we'll have a long night at the, at the office. I'm a fan of that. Today's league doesn't allow those things to happen anymore. There were a couple of terrible calls last night. Terrible. Like, uh, KD had a swing move where he caught the ball, swung it up under Davis, hit Davis in the leg with the ball, and then Davis gets called for the foul. And I'm like, am I the only one seeing this? I mean, even Justin Kutcher mentioned it. Like, come on, bro. Like, there has to be a, a resolve to all of this. But in general, defense is all about commitment and effort. And for the guys who want to stay in the league for a long time, especially guys who don't aren't known for scoring, don't score a lot, you can still get on the court by playing good defense. What are realistic expectations for the, the season going forward? Well, right now, if, if here, let me let me actually tell you the standings of, as of right now, which is crazy because if I remember Stick saying we're like we're only five games back from the playoffs. Right crazy as that sounds, only five games back. So if you look at the schedule, one, the NBA hadn't released the back half of the schedule since past March fourth, so we don't even know what that holds. And then we added in these games here on the back to back. Anything can happen. Anything really can happen. If this team gets on fire at the right time and starts making up some games, we got to play the Bulls coming up again. We got to get revenge for how they treated us early in the season. We can take that win from them. We can get Charlotte, take a win from them. You see how you start to build momentum. Garrison Matthews loves to go off against Miami. We get them two nights this week. We just talked about that. You can still wins along the way and really start making up that ground. But the, the window of, 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 you know, maybe next game, maybe a game, that, that window's gone. Now we're in almost every game is kind of a must-win situation moving forward. So that, that's where we're at with the playoff picture. If, if that's going to be achieved, the only way to do it is you got to go to work night in and night out and start clawing back. That's, I think, a reasonable expectation for them. Obviously, I want them to do that. But if not, I can understand how they not because you started off, you know, 0-5. Right now, we're only 4-12. and So if they don't make it, it's understandable. They got off to a bad start. But the aspiration still is to try to make that playoff push. It's Super Bowl week. Who you got on Sunday? Man. So I call my brother. Um, my brother's a Carolina Panthers fan, and my fiance is as well. So they're both like, I hate the Saints. I hate the Bucks. <laughs> I want Kansas City to do it. Um, I'm weird because I wanted Buffalo to be in the game because, you know, we all went through the, the late 80s, early 90s and four Super Bowls in a row. I'm like, please let them get in just so they can get their win and be done with it. But that Tampa Bay team playing on their home field with Tom, they got a stacked roster. It's going to be hard. But if anybody can overtake them, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, and, and that speedy team of receivers that they have, what do they call them, the Legion of Zoom? So if, if they, if they, yeah, so if, if they can, if anybody can do it, it'll be them. I will say, though, it's going to be one of these first half games. And I know typically in Super Bowls, it's back half, you know, after this after halftime when teams kind of lock in. But I think if, if you allow Kansas City to get out out of the gate fast, it's a wrap. Like they, they'll start playing downhill on you and there's really nothing that you can do. So my prediction, if, do you want a number two? You want a number on it as well? Let's have it. I mean, all right. Ah, uh, golly, this is it. Will both both teams are going to score over twenty? I guarantee that. I agree. Uh, easily, this is going to be a track meet. So I say, Kansas City, thirty-four, 
Tampa Bay 31. I think we'd sign up for that one for sure. That sounds like a heck of a game. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, I got no skin in the game either way it goes. So, you know, I just I just want to see a good football game. I hate the, the low-scoring ones where you, like, you, you eat the food, you take a nap, wake up, the game's still on. Like, come on, bro. So I'm, I'm looking for an exciting matchup. And, you know, history's going to be made whether, regardless, back-to-back Super Bowls for Kansas City or does Tom get another ring in his 10th Super Bowl appearance playing in the first Super Bowl in the home field of the team that's hosting it? He, he's been to 10 out of 55. 10. There's only been 55 Super Bowls. He's been to 10 of them. It's insane. Like, he's been to more Super Bowls than most teams. Have, teams. There are divisions that haven't seen that many Super Bowls. Incredible. Hey, Wes, I appreciate your time today. This was a lot of fun. Hey, Doug, I appreciate it, brother. Glad to make it happen anytime you want me back. I'm glad to accommodate. Appreciate you. Appreciate it, man.